for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in their hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We want to thank Home Instead Senior Care. They recruit the most devoted caregivers. All caregivers are thoroughly screened extensively trained, professional, and reliable, providing senior home care services in your loved one's home. Okay, welcome to the show today. We are so glad you're here. Anna, we're going to be talking about one of our favorite topics. I can't guess. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to remind you. We're Today we're going to talk about something. We've actually touched on a related subject, so we're talking about how you curate your child's collections. Oh, now, well, yes. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've just had a recent experience. I'm going to call it the fairy garden experience. I know you're going to want to talk about somebody in particular, so we're going to give a shout-out oh, to goodness. that person. Before we do, I want to say, if you're interested in knowing when and how to curate your child's shelves, bookshelves, Anna did a segment with me called To Censor or Not Censor, and it has to do with knowing what your child can and should be reading and when to draw the line. So I think you'll be really interested in what she had to say about that. I was, I remember I was quite surprised. Hi, Anna. Hi, Mom. Okay, <laughs> I am very so, excited about this because I, I don't know if everyone on the planet is a collector. Maybe we all are as human beings. We're designed to collect things. But everybody related to me is. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. Yeah. Mom kind of started that. I think my grandmother did too. I, I actually wrote about that, uh, the story of my dad asking Mimi, uh, Mildred, you don't have a parachute, do you? This was like the 1950s. She'd been saving a parachute in one of her closets since the since World War II. So, you know, 10 years or 15 years later, he asked for it. She has it. And uh, it has holes in it. So she saved a parachute with holes in it for 15 years. Isn't that funny? Anyway, yeah. Well, and, and but think about Docky, all those medical journals he collected, all those magazines. He would hand true. me stacks of National Geographic when I go over there. True. That's so true. And well, he collected okay, knowledge. So, That's a collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came from a long life, you know, my great-grandparents had libraries, so there you have it. Um, okay, so we're going to talk today about how to curate your child's collections, and we just saw a beautiful example of that. We got to go over to a friend's house who is so precious, I can't even describe her. Instead, I don't do this usually, but I'm going to give a shout-out to our dear friend Mo McSwain, because <laughs> going to her house is like visiting an English fairy garden. I mean, her house, her home her gardens. They're just beautiful. They're delightful for people of all ages. And part of it is the way she can curate 
the way she collects things. So talk to me a little bit about how that has inspired you with your daughter, Anna. Well, we got to go to a party at her house that she hosted, and Beth got to come with me, my dear daughter. And she walks in, and, and we were not in the door because there's all these ladies standing around, and Beth's the only little bitty short one. And we weren't in there for, I don't know, a minute and maybe, if that. And she has found the front window, and underneath it, there's this lovely little kind of low bench, or I don't know, I think it was a bench, but it might have been just a low table or shelf. And there are these big bowls of sea glass. And I mean, oh. they might as well have been diamonds and emeralds as far as, as my daughter was concerned. She just was like, <gasps> and went right over and started just looking. And I'd already prepped her because I've, I've been to our friend's house before. So I knew. And so she had her little hands like tucked up against her chest, just ooing and aahing over oh. piles. Like it's not five pieces of sea glass. It is a, a, a sand pail, like a beach pail full of green sea glass and a beach pail full oh. of clear sea glass and a beach pail full of brown sea glass. Like, it's a true collection. <laughs> She's amazing in that, that way. She, she was she she really does know how to stage things so that they're very yeah. entertaining, especially for small people. Well, and and it honors the the effort. Like it's a fine thing to have a collection and put it in a box and put it in the back of the closet if that's the space you have and and it doesn't the collection doesn't serve a purpose, but you but it is sentimental or, you know, whatever. I have a collection of dolls that I haven't pulled out yet for my kids, but I will, and they're in the bottom of the closet. But but part of the, the wonder of that collection of sea glass was the sunlight coming down and hitting it and those big bowls and, and the sheer quantity of it made it more gorgeous. She really, she really displayed it in a way that honored it and made it valuable, if that makes sense. Okay, so I'm, you're good. could you say that she was focused in the way she presented or staged her collection? Uh, that sounds exactly right. Which Is that your definition of curating? <laughs> no, I didn't define curating, although that would be good. The difference between, maybe you can discuss this for me, the difference between curating and censoring. No, the, oh, word, yeah. today, the word today is focused. And the oh, yeah. Uh-huh, focused. I thought that was a perfect word for this topic. Understanding God's big purpose for your life and the gumption to believe in it. Gumption is a theme. <laughs> you might have noticed. <laughs> yeah, collection really, collecting really does take focus because it's not one beach that Mo has picked up sea glass off of. It's probably every beach she's ever been to. Yeah. And, and she has a purpose for it and a place for it and, and a way of making it beautiful. Um, well, and, and, yeah, I agree. Because collecting can also go off the extreme end where it becomes something that slows you down in life because you're, you have so many things that you no longer have room for people or for ambitions or for, for anything else because you have to take care of all those things and they take space and time and energy. So yeah, I it's think a tricky that's, thing. That's a really important per, uh, point that you just made. And that is the difference between collecting and curating what you have versus uh hoarding you know yeah and and also collecting and curating serves a bigger purpose when and and i noticed that when i looked up the word curating for uh quotes to pull quotes for today purpose is it something like purposefully collecting things that are beautiful together well i didn't i didn't do a definition complement each other i didn't do it uh I didn't do a definition of curating versus censoring. That would be a good thing to talk about. But 
what I did do was pick out some quotes. And as I was choosing, I noticed many of the quotes were, you know, I try not to ever use a quote from anybody. I don't actually recognize their name and their reputation. Yeah, get you in trouble fast. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't want to do that. And I like to, I I actually think it's biblical. If you're going to repeat information, you should make sure to check your source and that the source source you're quoting is actually trustworthy. So, um, so I don't usually pick a quote unless I can also research the person or actually know something that they've written or done. Um, but so, okay, now I'm totally forgot. I lost my train of thought. You're going to oh, quote something to us about collecting probably. Yeah. Curating. So when I was noticing what I noticed about curating was many of the people who are apparently museum curators, they had quotes about pulling together different random pieces of art or culture and bringing them together in one museum as a display or an exhibit exhibition, whatever. I always get those words mixed up, but putting them together to complement and contrast each other and serve a bigger purpose of communicating some truth they want to present to the culture. Right. So I'd totally skip that. How you do that is very powerful and it can communicate things that are not true as well. I know. So it can be propaganda. So I totally Uh skip those quotes. (laughs) Instead, I pull some different quotes, and I think this one's kind of good. This one's from Martin Parr. He's a British photographer, and he does documentaries. He collects and critiques. I wrote on here phone books, but I meant photo books, and he uh, has curated art exhibits, and I like this one. He said, I love curating because I'm lucky and privileged that I have a platform and can share my discoveries with other people, and I really, I don't know him until today, I just discovered him, but I really loved his attitude because so often when you're a writer, people don't like editors. They, they warn you about them and so forth. But my perspective is always the exact opposite. I'm so grateful for people who are willing to cut words and ideas that are distracting out of my work. So I actually love curating because the focus it does well, give. Mom, you curate this podcast. You invite people, and you're you're so thankful and and honored when people tell you yes and want to share their stories. But that's a curative, a, a curative. It's a, a curating process where you are going out and asking specific people that you admire and that you want to honor and you want to hear their story and share their story. That's a collection that you're creating well, in a very dear that- for the good kind of way. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit more about Beth when we come back from the break. And I'm going to, oh, I'm going good. To, I'm going to quote, I'm going to tell our friend, listening friends what Beth and I both collect together. But before we go, I want to mention, this is from, I don't even know how to say her name, Myra Coleman, who wrote My Favorite Things. And she said, isn't that the only way to curate a life? to live among things that make you gasp with delight. So when I saw that phrase gasp with delight, I thought of Beth immediately. She's, she just nothing but joy that child that you're raising your little daughter. So I, I just pulled that one for her, even though I don't know this lady, this author, I guess I'm going to have to read her book now. (laughs) I'm going to put that on my list of things to do soon. She she may be a kindred spirit. 
Uh-huh. Probably. It sounds like it from her quote. One of uh, We have one minute. I want to mention, you don't have to write any of this stuff down. We'll put it all in a blog, including all the links. I'll, I'll link you to this new author that I'm fixing to read her book. Uh, and you can find all that at kathycraffy.com, K-R-A-F is in Frank. V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. Please stay with us when we come back. We're going to share a lot more stuff about how you can help your child <laughs> curate their collections and stay focused on the things that are most important to them in their lives so they live a life that causes you to gasp with delight. So stay with us. Don't leave us. We have lots of great stuff coming right up. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. You know, we started this show on a talking about our beautiful friend, Mo McSwain. And one of her things, if you ever see anything she's written, it usually has something on there about trying to live a beautiful life. So a beautiful life now has become sort of a phrase that she has planted in my heart. And I, I read this and thought of her family. If, if you're not familiar with what Doug McSwain and their family have done, I really want you to go on my website, kathycraffy.com and look for their, for their podcast. They did Doug and Mo had a 
beautiful son named Patrick who was um, stricken with schizophrenia and ended up committing suicide. So that's a very tragic thing that happened. But as a result, Mo and Doug have just told their sacred story and shared it with all of us. And it's just become this very, I can hardly talk about this without crying. It's become this very tender thing in our community. And so Marcy, their daughter, came on the show and talked about surviving suicide as a sibling. But also, if if that strikes a chord, if you're listening in and that strikes a chord with you today, I want you to especially look for something that they were very instrumental in starting called the Peace of Mind. Just look up Peace of Mind Conferences, because in that they have invited all these nationally known experts to come to East Texas and give a conference. They record their speeches and then they put them out on the Internet so they're available for everyone to benefit. And to me, Anna, that is just about the most beautiful thing. You know, we were talking about, I'm going to start crying. It's a gorgeous collection. (laughs) When you start talking about curating a beautiful life, um, that is so dear. So I got this from, I pulled another quote. I want to begin this segment with this quote from Joyce Meyer. She's a Christian speaker. She's out of St. Louis. You probably have heard of her. Every day is a gift from God. Learn to focus on the giver and enjoy the gift So let's talk a little bit about how we help our children focus so that they can enjoy their collections without letting them get overwhelming to the whole family. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So and and there's another nuance there of stewardship, So, which is tricky because when you say yes to a present, like, okay, so my kids' rooms, when it's a disaster and we need to clean it up, sometimes in their sweet little defiant hearts, they'll tell me no. And one of the things I say to them is, if you don't take care of the beautiful things you already have, we will not be accepting any new things. <laughs> Rather than saying, we're going to throw away all your toys, which is the temptation as a parent. I really sometimes want to go in there with a black trash bag. And I think you learned this floor is covered in things. You're not taking care of them. Let's just get rid of them. We'll give them all to someone else. You know what? But, I think you learned. I want to say, I think that bad attitude got to you for me. I, I believe well, I've done that. Parent, <laughs> Ever, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone who ever didn't feel like my kids aren't taking care of their stuff. We should just get rid of all their stuff. Yeah. And they have a bad attitude. They're not cleaning up. They're not obeying. Let's just get rid of it all. Um, whether they just have a little or they have a lot, that, that temptation seems to be a thing. But I'm trying not to do that because I hear the attitude in my own heart when I do. And instead, I'm trying to say to them, if you don't take care of the beautiful things you have, we will be telling everyone, no, we will not be accepting any new things, which will be, tons, if I ever have to follow through on that, it will be so much work for me. It is so hard to tell their wonderful grandparents, no, <laughs> or their cute neighbor friend who wants to give them a present or whoever, but we will, by golly. And it probably well, will only take once or twice. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I think that's pretty genius. I really do. I, I, I have done the black bag, trash bag thing. And it, I, I'm just going to say, I don't think it works. I mean, probably because my attitude was so bad. I taught, you you know, my children to have a bad attitude about getting rid of stuff. I don't know, but it didn't work very well at our house. Well, and I won't and name names. <laughs> when we When we do, because kids do outgrow things. Like we have beautiful cars and trucks and they've outgrown them. And so I try to do it on a day when I don't. I'm not frustrated. We have, we've had good obedience. We've been, I have been focused on my children, and we're in a good place. And to go in there and look at my son's collection of trucks 
and say to him, which of these are too babyish for you? Which of these are too young? And he knows immediately what those are. Those are easy to say goodbye to. We'll give them to a friend. We even have a truck friend. That's his name. Who, who loves to have our hand-me-downs. And he's yeah. thrilled by them. He's and so that makes it, it makes it easy to give them away. And then we look at all the others that don't fit in the box, which that's another thing about collections. We have a designated amount of space because that's the space we have. And if the collection starts to creep over that amount of space, we line them all up and I pick two that are similar and I say, do you like this one more or this one more? And we, we put the one he loves in his arms so his arms get full. <laughs> and we set the other one where we can't see it anymore. Not in the trash can, not in a black bag, nothing dramatic. Just put it where we can't see it anymore. And then we go into the next set. Do you like, and sometimes we have to do it by threes or fours. Which of these four is your favorite? And then we can get rid of three. <laughs> Wow, that's so genius. But, uh-huh. but then we've curated the good things. We've Instead of getting rid of it all because we're frustrated, we've, we have honored and kept the good things, and, and we're letting the things we don't need anymore go. I love so. that. Oh, I love it. Okay, so you, over the break, you gave me the word culling, and that's oh, yeah. really what you're describing, a, a way to cull with a good attitude instead of a really – contagious, bad attitude, which I think is probably why I had so many struggles in this area. And sometimes it's too much work, mom. You're too tired and you have to focus on your kid's heart and their obedience or just getting the next meal on the table. And you really do. I try not to sneak things out of their room. Their possessions are theirs. They've been given to them. But sometimes things do disappear because we haven't played with it in six months and they don't care. So I set it on the floor in the living room and when no one touches it for a week, I'm like, oh, that is so gone. And it just disappears and no one ever notices. And it's a lot less emotional energy and a lot less just energy. So, you know, not every moment of life is for purposeful learning discipline because you don't always have energy. But I'm anti-black bag (laughs) when I can Yeah. I, well, I think you nailed it as far as the attitude that goes with that. I, I never did that when I was in a happy mood. It was always when I was grumpy. So uh, smart. I'm, I'm really actually glad you're doing something different. I, I didn't want you to do that to your kids. <laughs> didn't work. Well, well, it just made me angry and unhappy. And on, that's not the kind of mom thought, you are. One of the things that you did that was I thought was brilliant, you know, in we had a huge DVD collection and as a family, we really watched too much TV and you were aware of it, but no one had the energy to really put down the boundaries we needed to in our home. And so you donated a, a huge portion of that collection to the local library. And then oh. we had to get ourselves out the door and go check it out. Wow. Other people could benefit from it and we could only check out a certain number. I thought that was brilliant and of course I'm pro-library so even as a kid anything we did with the library I thought was awesome (laughs) but wow that's one of those those stories I don't even remember doing that but I'm pretty sure I did that with a black bag attitude I'm just gonna say (laughs) but it works sometimes you don't have enough energy for your own attitude but if you have the right idea it can still work well, I'm proud of you for remembering that, and, and I'm going to just take credit for that, and, and but confess, I bet I did it with a bad attitude. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you get credit for stuff you don't even know you're doing right as a mom, so that's kind of encouraging. <laughs> Another thing I love when thinking about culling and collecting and moving on from childhood collections is um, you can donate, which we often do, because that, in a way, saves me energy. But at some point, I will let my children have a garage sale, and we'll learn a little bit about money and counting and entrepreneurialism. 
and sell some of the things that we don't need anymore in order to finance the new collections. So I like that, and here's why. Our, one of our things about curating your child's collection is so they can focus on the things that matter and not be distracted by all the mess. Um, and we talked about censoring even what they read and, and how you curate their collection of books. And you gave some great wisdom about that, by the way. So I want to talk a little bit about being single-mindedly focused when it comes to your stuff so that you're uh, so so here's one here's a quote from Mike you're gonna have to help me I have no idea how to pronounce his last name Mike Krieger I think is how you pronounce it he's the Instagram founder and so he said focus on doing the right things instead of a bunch of things now I don't know what the context is I'm guessing it had to do with how you get to be successful building a company like Instagram you know, don't be distracted by things that don't get you to your goal. That may, I don't know, sometimes with those guys, it includes they don't focus enough on their family, but I don't know about him. But anyway, I thought that was interesting as a quote because focus on doing the right things instead of a bunch of things. When you put things in there as our stuff, like we can actually do that with stuff. We focus on stuff, collecting stuff, instead of focusing on the right things in our lives that make a beautiful life. Like you know what? the people. You know what my husband says? We uh-huh. don't buy things for the last stage of life. Oh. And so, so like when the last time we bought cars, we didn't get the truck that I really would love to have because we needed a kid car. Um, and, and you can spend a lot on, cause you regret not having something in the last stage of life. You can spend a lot on like, as I was leaving college, I did not buy myself a nice backpack when my old one broke because I wasn't going to use a backpack as much in the next stage of life. Uh-huh. Um, and, and collections are that way. You have to count the cost. Every single item you own takes maintenance. It takes energy. It takes money to house it or to air condition it or to buy it. Even just like unloading my car now that I have kids, like I just hauling in another load is effortful. It's an investment. So, yeah. so you have to count the cost. You have to say, what is the value of this? And and if it, like, <laughs> I have a million styrofoam coffee cups right now that I accidentally collected because I thought I was going to throw a party and didn't, and they're taking up space. Yeah. So, well, okay, that's <laughs> space a great a premium. example. I mean, that's a great example to close with, the styrofoam cups. And what you, when you said we don't buy things for the last stage of life, you mean the, pa- the past stage. I was thinking, as you get older, we have all this stuff we're trying to get rid of now. As, as we're aging out, yeah. you know. So we have one minute left. I just want to summarize this by saying I learned pretty early in my marriage that it was important for me to make room for space by getting rid of stuff. And that if I would do that, I would have more freedom in my heart and mind and, and in my home to have people, more people in my life. So I, I hope... That encourages you if you're struggling with what to do with your kids. If you can coach them in that way early in life, I think that's just such a great thing to do. Anna, I see you doing that so well with your children. And and Mo is such a beautiful example of all that. Remember, you can find all this on kathycraffy.com, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. Thank you for being with us today. We really love sharing with you. You're very dear to us. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh.